Hi, and welcome to Is It Dad Rocket? And joining me and Stevie P for this episode is Devon and Mike from the band Stitched. Say hi, guys. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Stitched are a four-piece metal band from the Midlands here in the UK. And before we get into it, guys, I've just got a little question for you. On Spotify, which city do you think the majority of your listeners are located in? Is it London, Birmingham, Madrid, or Los Angeles? Got to be Birmingham, isn't it? I think it's Birmingham, but... Should we say Birmingham? I don't know how big we are down south. Yeah, let's go Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham is actually incorrect. You'd be surprised, or you might not be surprised. Sounds like you would be. The majority of your listeners are in Los Angeles. Yeah, good. <laughs> There's good bands there. That's sick. So yeah, so Los Angeles was like number one. London was number two. Birmingham number three, and Madrid number four. Big up Madrid. Because I was expecting to be Birmingham. Why you guys? Are you from the Midlands, sir? Yeah, we get like Birmingham's the usual one, and then we'll get like places in Germany that are big on it. Yeah, because German Germany's a big scene, isn't it? Like for yeah, metal and punk yeah, yeah, and yeah. everything. And then we usually get like a little bit from America, but I've never really focused on which states we're most popular in. Yeah, if you if you go on Spotify and I think if you're on your monthly listeners, or when you're on your laptop or on a computer on your phone, it doesn't have it. It breaks it down into where the where the listeners are from, which is where Steve got the stats from. Which is quite interesting. If even in, in general, from looking at other bands and stuff, it's interesting. I was going to say because I've seen it on a Spotify artists page as well because we have access to that. It shows you a full breakdown of like when someone's listening and, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know who's who's LA. You reckon we get a US tour next week or something? But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get into the quiz, the head-to-head, can you tell us a bit about the band, about Stitched, when you got together, how long you've been playing music together? Uh, well, me and Dave have been in bands since we were like 17 and we were writing like really bad like punky metalcore stuff. And uh, I think like 2019, we were like, hmm. Like, we almost felt like we were, like, outgrown it. So we started Stitch, and we were like, yeah, we want to be a bit more heavy with it. We just kind of gone from there, really. If you want to check out the first band we were in, it's, it was, uh... No. It's brilliant. It's uh, it's called Torn Ends, and it's on Spotify, and there's even some music videos from it. Torn Ends? I think I've, I think I've ordered that from uh, Red's thing. Or was that Burnt Ends? I'm not sure which, but... Torn Ends. <laughs> oh. Insert clip. Here, Steve. No, um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I suppose you said that you, you, you wanted to go heavier. Before you joined, me and Steve were just talking. It's like, what? how would you describe your band, sort of like, you know, the, the genre that our music is? Oh, oh bloody hell. This, this, see, we get asked this a lot. And for a while, we called ourselves a hardcore band. You're not allowed to do that unless you sound like a hardcore band. And apparently we don't. Um, but I think for a while, we were like, it's kind of bit new metal and a bit hardcore but yeah we got like beat down bits I, I don't know if you just call it like heavy hardcore or just a I don't know metal club heavy yeah. hardcore yeah I was saying heavy rock but that just sounds like really cliche stuff so yeah heavy hardcore I think that's that's, that's a good one heavy rock sounds like Motley Crue yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're always called heavy rock you're like Motley Crue are that heavy are they why are they ever called <laughs> like heavy rock or heavy metal yeah, with hardcore, it's a bit weird because you've got like you've got like the metal side of hardcore, which I think you guys obviously sit in, but then you've also got like the punk side of hardcore, and it's just they're both called hardcore, but they're just two very different sort of styles of music. There are good bands that like blend the two of that. But if you think about like a band like Knocked Loose, they're definitely more on the the heavier side, the more metal side of hardcore, 
but they're still they're still hardcore because they bring in the hardcore elements. But then you get bands like I don't know Scowl, who are much more on like the punk punk much side of punk, it, yeah, a bit more traditional like American hardcore. Yeah, there's like Guilt Trip a lot right in the middle. Yeah, because they they've got like like their thrash influence with it as well, yeah. so it kind of brings them into like the metal hardcore sort of thing. It's it's a massive grey area because as soon as you start to talk about different types of about anything other than like regular hardcore you start getting called metalcore which is also like a massive genre so in, in short i don't really know what we are it's, uh heavy <laughs> i look whenever someone at like work or in my family asks, i'm just like 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 heavy metal and i always get oh like uh led zeppelin like <laughs> led zeppelin <laughs> like motley crew yeah oh, yeah man oh we'll always get the because we're from like around the black country we get like the proper black country heads and they'll be like oh what's called the bad do and you go like oh yeah we're like heavy metal and he goes like love metallica right. yeah, a, just a little like bit that. heavier than metallica i guess just a little every bit every single time we get the exact same response heavier than metallica yeah <laughs> every <laughs> single time i hate it oh oh my head that's another one at first you start correcting them and then like you say like later on you're like yeah yeah, just like yeah, that. We're just heavy metal. Just like Metallica. We're actually a Metallica tribute band. Yeah, that's correct. Just like them. So how did you guys get into music when you were when you were younger? So did you start with bands like Metallica and, right. and uh, Motorhead and, and Motley Crue? Or, <laughs> or was you more like... Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was a bit of both for me. Because I started off... I think the first album I ever owned was Demon Days by Gorillaz. And then I listened to like whatever my mum was listening to, so like Justin Timberlake, and then my dad always listened to Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. And then uh, Guitar Hero was a thing, so I just basically stole all of my music taste from Guitar Hero. And uh, I saw Left Behind by Slipknot, like I saw the video for that when I was like eight or something like that. And then I didn't really understand what it was, but I knew I liked it, so... Was that the moment, like, I think we've all had them moments, you know, when, like you say, well, I don't get it, but I like it, and I want to listen to more. Yeah. So, were you saying yours was, was Slipknot? Um, was there any other sort of moments that you think, it's clicked, I like this, fuck you, Bon Jovi, or whatever, and, you know, give me some more Slipknot stuff? I, I did hear Sad But True by Metallica, and I thought, that's pretty cool. Linkin Park hit the spot as well. Yeah, I think... I think first it... Linkin Park album, that's gorgeous. I think I knew like three bands, three like heavy-ish bands, and then all of a sudden, I went to a couple of gigs, and then I don't know. I realised there was there was actually other bands that played heavy music other than Slipknot. So, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Quite a slow start. I only really knew Slipknot and Metallica for years, and then when Guitar Hero Three came out, I, I learned there was more bands. So, so have you gone from being like Slipknot? It's like, you know, the heavy band that you listen to, but then just gone to heavier and heavier music. I did used to think that Slipknot was like the heaviest band ever. And then, I don't know. I can't remember what I heard. I think it was Black Tongue. Black yeah. Tongue. No, I remember hearing <laughs> that and I was like, that is, I don't, I, it sounds, it sounds fat. I, I don't know any way, other way to describe it, but uh, that one is like disgusting. Yeah. Mo- moving back onto sort of stitched questions. So obviously you, you're both into your sort of heavy music. The rest of the band, are they into similar kind of music? When you're writing songs, you know, who, who's the main writer? Things like that. Mike, you're the main writer. Right, so. Um, well, we usually just, I'll like churn some riffs out at home 
and put them into like a little demo like from Pro Tools. And I'd send it into our group chat and then I either get the thumbs up or the eh. Uh, and if anything goes through, then we start rehearsing it and then everyone kind of adds a different ele- element to it at that point. Like the, the demos come out kind of static and like a bit lifeless, but then once everyone adds their own kind of like flavor to it, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a good song. I think a couple of times it's been, it's depended on the producer we've had as well. So to start off with, we, we kind of sounded exactly like our old band with a bit more, I don't know, bit more heaviness to it. And then when we recorded our last EP, um, it was like the, the producer that we worked with was really good and he managed to kind of add a lot of stuff to it as well. Um, not so much that it didn't, it wasn't our song any, songs anymore, but it was kind of like uh, he was adding bits that we wouldn't have even thought of that just completely changed the, the tone of the songs. Tonally, it was like perfect though. Like he got everything down like it's proper like snappy drums and then really like disgustingly heavy guitars and a low bass it's... but like just the time that we wanted he managed shout out sam Blaw from uh it's lower lane studios in stoke isn't it you bet right you bet part of the role of the producer is to bring out the best of a band it's not to change the band completely but it's to bring out the best in them and bring off bring things to the table that you might not have thought of try it if it works brilliant if it doesn't move on to something else so Every producer we've worked with has brought like their own kind of thing to it. Yeah. And it's like made the songs go from like, oh yeah, they're all right to, oh no, that's sick. I think it's with a producer understanding what you're, you're going for as well. It kind of, I don't know. They, they can... Sharing the vision of where you want to get to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think if someone gets what we're going for, then they can just, they know ways in which they can improve it. I find it um, sort of proper mad that you just record something, stick it on uh through Pro Tools, and then just stick it into the WhatsApp group. It's like me and Steve were in a band, maybe, well, when we were younger as well, but obviously WhatsApp wasn't a thing, and it'd be like, oh, I've been working on these riffs, and then you'd just have to play it while other people just stood around and things like that. But yeah, yeah. that way, you can almost go a little bit more prepared to brand practice, because especially as you get older, we all get jobs, you all have commitments, so it's almost like you don't have two or three hours at beginning of practice to show what you've been working on, to learn it, to practice, and things like that. Whereas if you're sending it, do you find that people are, you know, your, your bandmates and stuff are coming to practice with something in mind that they want to try out with that riff that you've written? Absolutely. Yeah. I just carry on, sorry. Yeah, because we send the demo in, then if it gets the thumbs up, we like, I'll like write some like basic tabs for it and send that in as well. So that everyone's kind of got time to learn the track, get a bit more used to it, and then we go in and rehearse it rather than going in completely unprepared. And the good thing is, if having a good, like a, a rough demo for it as well. Because when we practice and do live shows, we run everything through a DI box. So we can have it in the, the drummer's in-ears and then have it coming through the monitors in the rehearsal room. And we can play along to a song that we're learning instead of trying to guess, like, oh, where did that bit go sort of thing. And then uh, if we want to change anything, we usually take some videos on our phones and then edit it from there when, well, Mike does when he gets home. I haven't got a clue. Yeah, what, what do we do, Steve? Just get your phone and get a recorder and put it under a cushion. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and they just sound like a, a bubbly fart in underwater when we ever listen back to it. Times are changing. So do you, do you also put drums on the demos? Yeah, yeah. I need to buy like a proper good drum plugin because I'm using like the baked-in Pro Tools drum plugin. It does sound like a Guitar Hero drum kit, to be honest. It's, it's like, imagine what a Hello Kitty drum kit would sound like. I was going to get the Get Good invasion because i mean that just sounds like an absolute 
ripper. But I've never used like a. That seems like a lot more complex. Yeah, yeah. I think they're meant to replace drummers. I mean, we finally got a really good drummer in the band as well. They can just kind of take on anything that we that we throw at him, and he will just make it into his own sort of thing. Is not. And because I used to play drums, if we haven't got something recorded, I can show him it, and then he does it ten times better. So it works out pretty well. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? For Stitch, what's the next six months? to a year looking like um we've got quite a few local shows coming up till uh february next year where we're, where we're going to the netherlands um we're looking at getting a couple of other european dates so we can drive over and make the most of it and have a like a belgium france and maybe germany date as well so i've been talking to promoters about that recently um in terms of writing music we've been writing the last couple months and we've got a couple of uh demos kind of mapped out and we've practiced them in in rehearsals as well so we've got a good idea of what sort of structure works Mm. it's been like two years since we've been consistently writing because we wrote everything pretty much pre-pandemic and then had to scatter how we released it so we had like a backlog for a while we didn't have to write any new stuff and now i've gotten really rusty at it like I'm having to learn how to write songs again. It's terrible. Yeah, when you when you stop playing for a while, or you stop writing riffs and stuff, you kind of you kind of have to get back into it. It used to be so easy. It used to be so easy. Now I've got like this permanent writer's block. During lockdown, it was kind of one of those things where obviously you have nothing else to do, so you've got a you've got something to focus on. And you were just putting demos out left, right, and center to the point where near the end of lockdown, we had a full EP to go. But uh, even some of those songs we'd had in the works for over a year. Mm. Uh, it's just been, I don't know, difficult figuring how figuring out how to actually promote an individual song and then promote an EP and make sure it all gets as much love as the singles. But sometimes it's just not possible to do. You mentioned about sort of releasing, you know, you had like a backlog and you've released it. Is there anything to stop you from just releasing each individual song as a single on Spotify and on the sort of streaming platforms? Is that... Is that what you've already done, or you're saying like, like if you record an album, would you look to release a couple of singles and then release the album, like kind of old-fashioned way, if you like, or drip drip feeding almost would be better, maybe. I think this day and age, especially with how it is with streaming and people's attention spans when it comes to music, if we were to release a ten-track album, the reality of it is we're only going to get the singles and maybe the first four songs are going to get a good amount of listens and actually get out of there. Um, Obviously, you don't sell physical copies anymore. So, I mean, we do, but people don't really listen to them. And people will just kind of listen to the top songs. Yeah. (laughs) We just kind of get the the top songs listened to on Spotify. And then that's it. So, if if we would have released CDs like, you know, the done thing back in the day, then people would listen to the whole album instead of picking and choosing songs. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be better to kind of as we've done it, release singles individually and then maybe get the majority of an EP out there and then release the EP with maybe one or two songs that hasn't been already released. Yeah, it seems like that's like a bit of a trend at the minute where you kind of like release a few singles before before you release an EP or an album. And I guess it's to do with like getting getting your stuff on playlists. Like I think is it every month you can you can submit to Spotify to get your track onto certain playlists 
yeah. still is, but it's got to be done. Like that, there really isn't an option other than that. Like if you want to get as much attention as you can, you got to release singles and like directly. Like if we did an album, like feels like when albums used to come out, there's like two, maybe three singles, and now like when a when a band drops an album, there's like five or six tracks that are out before it's even released because they've just been trying to hype it up as much as possible. I just I feel as though people don't listen to albums as much anymore as well. More odd songs, so playlist there. Playlist, yeah, yeah, and, and that's one hundred percent true. I think so. When I listen to an album, oh, sorry, a band, I'm like, oh, what should I listen to today? So I was listening to Incendiary today, and I was like, oh, I'll listen to the album because that's kind of how I operate. That's how I've always done it. But like my wife, she'll just like a song, and she's like, oh, like a Ramstein song where I've got randomly on. She's like, oh, what's this called? And she'll add it to a playlist, or look, she loves Lonely Island, things like that. So she'll have. A real mix of like Justin Timberlake, then a bit of Ramstein, then uh, you know Lonely Island or whatever, and just goes up and down. But it's all just singles. It's all just single songs, and she just cre- curated her own playlist. Um, so I think definitely nowadays the younger generation that is growing up with Spotify and streaming music, it's just singles and you know a couple of singles here and there from every band. It's not albums worth of listening. So yeah, you're right to you're right to sort of drip it in. I think. And and the other question I kind of thought. Uh, just before we, we move on to the actual uh, Slipknot part, is how how do you find being on social media, like on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and like having content to actually post? Do you feel like, oh, I haven't posted for a while, I best do something, like just even if it's a photo of like band practice or something like that? I think because you've got to be so on top of it these days to get the engagement through social media, you kind of have to, you have to be so regular with it. I mean... Things like TikTok and and Instagram Reels and that sort of thing. The bands that are doing really well are the bands that are putting a lot of time into that because there's snippets of each song that's getting uh, promoted across all these different social media platforms. And I, I think with regular uploads, there's there's some periods where you can post every day for two weeks and then say, like it's been recently, we haven't had that much that many gigs come through. Um, and we've all been pretty busy, so it's kind of been like we haven't got anything new to show. So um, we could just keep posting pictures to keep engagement up, but I think even though it, it works, it just feels a little bit stupid yeah. to do. It's trying to strike the balance between posting regularly but not being annoying. Yeah, and, and feeling like you've got to... Yeah, if you're posting something, it's got to have a, a value to it rather than just here's another photo of me in my underpants. Um, which Steve Steve will not let me post photos of me and my underpants on this death rock, will you, Steve? Unfortunately, if you post it as a little reel, you'll get you'll get so much promotion out of it. So if you post like a video of you dancing in your, in your underpants, I'd, I'd go for it. In fairness, I think a Literally picture would. Dad. I think a picture would like drive engagement massively. We could call it. Is it is it dadcock? That's what we could call it. There you yeah. go. There you and then go. I'll, I'll get my saggy balls out. Out of each side. Ah, that's for the only fan. Any- you got it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a money. Only man. dads. Only dads. <laughs> anyway, I digress slightly from talking about your band to my balls. What a shame. <laughs> Is there any similarities or? Mine's got a few stitches in. So, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, so, before I move on to the quiz, here is Broken Mirror from Stitched.
Episode 44, Slipknot, Iowa, from the year 2001. Before we start the quiz, let's find out how much you know about American geography, Mike and Devon. Oh, no. I'm going to name a state, and I want you to tell me if it shares a border with Iowa or not. Okay. First one's for you, Dev. Is it Devon or Dev? Yeah, call me Dev. Dev, California, does it border Iowa? No. That is correct. It does not border Iowa. <laughs> one point to Devon. Cheers. Do you give me a difficult one now? I swear to God. <laughs> Matt, but they're all difficult to me. I've got no idea about American geography. Illinois. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Well done, Mike. That is correct. Dev, you've got Kentucky. No. Well done again, Dev. Got it correct. Cheers. I'm just gonna say no for all of them. I hope for the best. <laughs> Mike, Missouri. No. You got it wrong. Sorry, man. 
Bugger. It does border Iowa. Pricks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Devin, so Nebraska. Yes. Well done. It does border Iowa. You piece of shit. I t- I'll tell you why at the end, why, why I think I've got a good idea of this, but... uh. Let's, let's carry on. Let's see how many you can get wrong, Mike. Let's go. Is it because you've got Google Maps up? Is that why you've got a good idea of what it... Just... This is why um, the camera's off, so... Can... <laughs> uh, Mike, Utah. No. That is correct. Well done. Fucking go. Okay, and Devon, Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, well done. Thank you. And last one, Mike, Georgia. Yeah, well done. It, it, it does not border... Iowa. So at the end of that round, Dev, you've got four. Mike, you got three. So well done, guys. Cheers. Yeah, there's only eight of them, and you got you you only got one right, one wrong, and that was you. Sorry, Mike. Wow. I, th- wow. I think my reasoning behind it is because Iowa is one of those states in the middle of America that has nothing but yeah, it's flyover. It's just one of those places that has nothing there but flat or bills. Yeah, I actually thought it was uh, more southern. But it's it's quite northern, actually. You nerds, you American geography. Anyway, so now we're on to the head-to-head. Four questions each. Uh, the winner of the states can go first, which would make it dev. And your categories. So if you want to choose a category, you've got general, band members, songs, or lyrics. And I've got a question on any of them. I'm going to go for uh, band members. What did Corey Taylor do to himself while recording vocals for the song Iowa? Um, didn't he cut himself while on loads of drugs? Or am I wrong? Nope, you are absolutely right. Yeah, he uh, he got naked for some reason, cut himself with glass, and decided to throw up all over himself. Oh, great. <laughs> Little bit weird, but also, like, Ross Robinson, for producer, broke his back. I think it was either, like, just before they started recording the album, or he brought Corey Taylor's back or his own back. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You know, that producer is hard cut off. That's how you get performance. That's how you get screamed. Yeah, can you scream like this? He broke his own back. But yeah, he was in hospital for a day and then went into the studio because he used a pain to help him record. But you know, it's like, how? How does that help? And supposedly when he was like recording the album, he was like rugby tackling. Like, you know, like when Jim was recording guitar or whatever, like doing rugby tackles and just... It's crazy though, isn't it? Yeah, I just like think, what, would do how, how would that help? But he clearly did, so... Don't knock it to Wait, is he all right now? Yeah. Or is he... Who, Ross? Is he like broken? No, Ross is fine now, yeah. Yeah. He died in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> the album's first. Yeah. <laughs> but it was worth it, because uh, it's a good album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right, album. right, well done. The point to Dev. So, Mike, what do you want? General, band members, songs, or lyrics? Songs. What were the singles from the album? Uh, My Plague. And Left Behind. That is correct. There was another one. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like a, a real single. It was a promotional single. Do you know what it might be? I'm trying to think if there was one that was in a film or something. I am hated. 
No, sorry, man. It was the Heretic Anthem. Bugger. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think it was a promotional single because it was um, it was made available as a digital download on the Slip, uh, Slipknot website, and it was limited to six hundred and sixty six downloads. So first come, first serve. Oh, nice. Well, but well done, Mike. I'll give you I'll give you a point for that one because you got left behind and my plague. Thank you. Okay, Dev. So general band members' songs or lyrics? Uh, general. The album reached number one in the album charts of two countries, but what are the countries? I'm going to say UK and Brazil. Oh, close. UK was one of them, but Brazil was not. It was actually Canada. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. No way. Which I thought it would be a big big hit in the US, but obviously not. No, 9-11 happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the same year. I think people were a bit scared of, I don't know, especially in the Bible belts. It was kind of like, yeah, that's not very good music for my children to listen to and all that kind of And, and they're like, this is the heretic anthem. And they're like, mm, no, nah, no, it's not. That. You can't do that. They didn't quite release a song called like Death to the West or anything. That's uh... Or Bleed American. Okay, Mike. So general band members, songs or lyrics? Should we go to lyrics? So lyrics. So finish the lyric. I want to slit your throat. And fuck the wound. Very nice. From a song, Disaster Peace. Supposedly, that won an award in 2001 for being the worst lyric. <laughs> that was, uh, my, I went with my parents to buy that CD. And when we got home, I played it for them. And that was the, mom walked in just as that song started. Cause it's right at the beginning of Disaster Peace. Yeah. And she walked in right as that came on. And then she was like, well, I don't want you listening to that. <laughs> yeah, my mum used to call it drug music. <laughs> and I remember, cause my mum is a George Michael super fan. Um, oh, well. She had a week off work when he died and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy. Bloody hell. Jeez. I remember as a kid, this sounds really horrible, but I was, I was so happy when he got arrested for driving on drugs. I was like, mum, <laughs> George Michael is also drug music. And then she 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 let me listen to Slipknot. Then didn't call go. it drug music, and took me to actually meet Corey Taylor as well. Oh, nice! Thanks, George Michael, for doing drugs. Was he um was he covered in sick, cut and um, naked, or was he fully dressed and? But my mum doesn't know <laughs> Corey Taylor did that. So it's, I mean, I, I was ten years old, so I think my mum probably would have walked the. That other would have way. been a felony. Yeah. I mean, when I was 10 years old, I was listening to, like, Aqua by... Uh, sorry, Barbie Girl by Aqua, so... Dr. Jones as well. That's yeah, man. Banger. Have you seen the new Barbie movie? Yeah, I've seen it. It's so good. I thought it was okay. I won't, like, wow. massive on it. I thought it was the best film of the year. I loved it. Yeah, and I didn't even play with Barbie so much as a kid. Deb, general band members' songs or lyrics? I'll go songs. What track is named after the phone number area code for Iowa? Uh, five on five. Yeah, well done. The screaming on it is supposedly Sid. Oh, it's not supposedly Sid, it is Sid. When he died, isn't it? I thought it was his granddad. His granddad, yeah. He found out his granddad died and he couldn't come back to the UK to, to go to the funeral. So, you know, Ross Robinson being the great guy, he has pressed the record button while he was having a breakdown in the live room and then ran in and speared him. Yeah, it is to take his mind off his back, giving him gypsy. Yeah, I think I'd be a bit of a dickhead if I'd just broke yeah. my back. Guy's granddad's died, fine, let's record his screams. There we go. 
But yeah, five it's five one five because that's the area code for Iowa. But I know the album was recorded in California, so I didn't think that was a little bit weird. Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually know that was why it was called five one five. Like, I didn't know if that was it. I just kind of guessed. But uh, so I didn't actually know that. It wasn't, wasn't going to be new abortion, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Please don't deduct that point. So, Mike, general band members, songs, or lyrics? Band members. So, which band member recently had a baby with Kelly Osborne? Oh, Sid Wilson. Absolutely correct. And it's a little boy. He's called Sydney. Really? Presumably named after his dad. Of Sid Jr. Sid Jr., is it? Is that, oh, does that mean he's called Sid Senior? It must be, yeah. Sid Senior, so brilliant, though. Okay, Dev, so general band members' songs or lyrics? Um, I'm going to let you pick this one. <laughs> I'm not too sure. So you can pick the category and then I can answer the question. Because I'm, I'm going to be completely lost either way. Give him lyrics. No, don't. Okay, lyrics it is. Oh, so, oh no. <laughs> name the song from these lyrics. So go ahead, lie to me. Tell me again how you're tortured. I want to know how you followed your orders so well. You're full of shit. You had a dream, but this ain't it. Heretic Anthem. Yeah, brilliant. Well done. Go ahead, lie to me. Tell me again how you're tortured. The only reason I knew that is because he says 555 straight up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, it's that bit. I've got to stop explaining why I got these right because I'm just going to prove that I don't actually know that much about it. It's almost like, is it Slumdog? Yeah, Yeah, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Uh, So just to give you an update on the the numbers, it is four apiece at the minute. Of course it is. Of course it is. We're nerds about this. Yeah, I... This is why we picked this album, because otherwise, I I don't know, I've been studying this since I was seven years old, or yeah. eight, I can't remember. So You've been fucking preparing for this moment. Yeah, this is all paying off now. So, Mike, you know the, the questions. General knowledge, uh, band members, songs, or lyrics? General. What is the name of the girl on the album cover? Mm. I can give you the options, or do you want to go risk it all and try and answer it yourself? I'll give the options. <laughs> So is it A, Baphomet, B, E-R, or C, Goatface Killer? <laughs> um, Any time to die, Mark. I'm going to guess E-R. Yeah, well done. Thanks, fucking God. Yeah, obviously taken from, from a song's E-R on the first album. So it's actually Sean's goat. Really? Yeah, but it's not clear why he had a goat in the first place. I'm not interested. <laughs> well, they got dead. No, not on the original cover. On the reissue, it was a, a dead goat that was hung up by its horns. Okay, uh, Devon, general band members, songs, or lyrics? Um, band members? Which member of the band said this about recording Iowa? On days off, you'd never see me out of my hotel room. I'd rather be alone than be around a bunch of people that I don't care about, don't care about me, or are fucking full of shit. And I can give you uh, some options if you want. Um, yeah, I'll have the options. I don't want to lose. So is it Mick Thompson, Paul Gray, or Sean Crane? I feel like it would have been Paul Gray. That's incorrect. Sorry, dude. Oh, oh, oh. is it Mick yeah. Thompson? It was yeah. Mick Thompson, yeah. I thought he was a nice guy. Well, maybe he was, but everyone else was a dick. That makes sense. And he just were getting along. So maybe that's maybe why he just stayed in the in the hotel room. Probably. Lots of drugs going on. Yeah. Just saying that. 
Okay, so we make this the last question. The scores at the minute are five to Mike, four to Dev. Well, so Dev, you can't win then, can you? Sorry. Great, I've lost. Brilliant. Beautiful. Well, say what, we'll bet this one. If you um, if you get it right, Mike, then you get a point. If you get it wrong, minus a point. Oh, tiebreaker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? So, general band members, songs or lyrics? Songs. Which song is a remaking of the May Feed Kill Repeat track, Killers Are Quiet? Is it generally? No, sorry, dude, that is incorrect. It's Iowa. And it's all quiet. Oh my god, it is. Rules are rules. That is minus one point, which I believe makes it tiebreaker. Is that correct, Steve? That is correct, yeah. We do have a tiebreaker. The tiebreaker question is how many times is the word fuck used in the album? So we'll go to Mike first. Oh, no. So the closest person wins, obviously. 56. Okay, you say 56. And Devon? 39. Oh, Devon, you have cinched it. There's, uh, there's 38 fucks used oh, on this oh, album. No, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> 39. Uh, Congratulations. 39. Cheers. Thank you. Get fucked, Mark. You lose. Slipknot, Iowa, from the year 2001, as chosen by Stitched. An obvious choice for our 44th episode. What do you say, Steve? Yeah, definitely. And guys, thanks a lot for joining us. I hope you've had a lot of fun. This is your last chance to sort of talk to our listeners and tell them about Stitch. So what do you want to say? Go for it, Mark. We got riffs. And we got groove. And you should follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Spotify. At Stitched UK. Stitched, they've got riffs, they've got grooves, and you can find them on Spotify, probably any other platform you listen to music on as well. Stitched UK on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time.